Hello, and welcome to me talking about, well, a lot of things, really. You know, I have a whole bullet point list and everything, but let's get down to introductions. My name is Wyatt Patton. I am here today to ramble on because, for God's sake, someone needs to hear this. (laughs) Apparently. I don't really get it, you know? But I do get people talking... Uh, you know, people, not people talking, people listening to other people talk, you know, it's a nice thing to do a little slight distraction, maybe some nice entertainment, I'd say. And, uh, when I, and, you know, I get that. I really do. Cause I'm an entertainment kind of guy. I love, well, lots of forms of entertainment, like movies, especially being one one of those and you know video games obviously i love both of those but i mean it's hard to find people who don't you know unless you i don't know i don't want to generalize there that's not the point though Uh, when it comes to movies i i feel like uh movies might get too realistic sometimes because it's like well Some people just want to go to the movies for, like, an escape to something. You know, an escape from reality. We don't want to see this. But it is interesting to see movies that do do stuff realistically. Because it's a nice little take on that. It can even be a little commentary on the world at that point. And I think that's just nice. Because it just means that we can get a lot more things out there, you know. People can get their thoughts out in a very creative way. I think Joker was uh, one of the movies to do that. I haven't seen yet. My friends uh, have. I've been spoiled to death on that fucking movie, though. <laughs> uh, I still, I still want to watch it though, so I'm not gonna say anything about it here. And on the topic of uh, video games that I mentioned earlier, uh, video games getting realistic is, I think, one of the best things about video games. Of how like really into it you feel like I've I've been playing a lot on the on the VR stuff and it's really weird playing VR games let me tell you because it's like you put on the headset and you're it's not like you're transported to a different world ish you know because you kind of are but you're not that's not what I'm getting at though what I'm getting at is that you know how every if for those who do have a VR system, you do realize when you take off the headset, you feel a bit disoriented because you've been in there either a while or it's just really good. Because I agree with this one statement I heard where there are some really good VR games where either it takes a while to adjust to or you adjust to it just like automatically. And that to me makes a lot of sense-ish. Well, actually, no, it just kind of makes sense, like, because you've been in there for a while, you've adjusted your vision to seeing a completely new area around you, but now you're just kind of, and and it's also really weird in there, because it's not like you can just move around your house and move around in the game world, it's not really how that works, it's, sometimes they move you to there, sometimes you gotta move yourself with your controls, and I, and I know you can't just have, like, a whole, the, Actually, I had this idea in my head for something like that. It was a. Uh, I was uh, playing Skyrim VR, and I realized, man, imagine if someone set up like a bunch, set up like an entire like 
warehouse or something like that, put it in the form of like a dungeon, set up a bunch of cameras all over the place, and went in with a VR headset and little nunchucks, as I like to call them. Like that's uh, like that seems very interesting, kind very implausible, mind you, but interesting nonetheless, because it kind of adds like a strange new layer of realism to it. And a part of me wants. And part of me, like, if I ever get rich and successful, that'd be the first thing I do, is buy out a warehouse just to make a fucking VR thing. And that that just seems interesting to me for some reason. Alright, back on topic about other related things in VR. This can... Uh, you know, like, the feelings of VR. Uh, the ports are things that are being pointed out as taking a while to adjust to because they weren't made for VR. That goes with, you know, your Skyrim. Like, Skyrim is the example I have for that because I've played it and I get it because at first it took me a second but then after, like, a couple minutes I'm like, oh, shit, a fucking dragon and then it's, and then after that it's, and then after that when I take off my headset, oh, fuck, where am I? But, and then you got the other kind of VR games where you, where it was made from the ground up in VR, so it has that extra layer to it. So it's like after you put on the headset, you just want to play around and everything, and you already get used to it immediately, because it was made to do that. Uh, an, an example I have for that would be the demo I played of a Job Simulator, because it's like, it seemed a lot like that. Like, a part of me just wanted to lay my little fake hand on top of the printer that was in the demo. <laughs> I didn't do that, so I didn't drop my controller, so that's nice, because I would not want to drop those. Those are... Ugh, my god, my goodness. Yeah, the idea, though. Moving on to an another topic, I have a little comparison thing I have here for to fill up the rest of my time slot here. Uh, that being that being a comparison that draws in a lot of people, which is Minecraft and Fortnite. I'm talking about Fortnite, the entire game, not Fortnite Battle Royale, though that is what everyone is comparing it with. Fortnite on its own is a very interesting game to me. A part of me thinks it's a bit too complicated because I started one time and then I didn't play the game for like months and then came back and was just all confused as to ha why I have so many boxes I need to open up for all this like what it was just an all around strange time that doesn't really matter though but well I mean it kind of does you know who cares the point I'm making here is I'm going to be comparing both of these games to each other but first I'm going to like detail what each game is about if for those who don't know that being uh, Minecraft is a game where is a game where you play at just entirely made out of blocks and you can basically destroy just about any of these blocks minus one type that's all the way at the bottom so it, in in the end it doesn't really matter and it's like a, it's a survival game to a T and you can get really creative with the way you uh, manipulate the world around you which can lead to a lot of nice and cool things and uh 
Same thing goes with Fortnite, but we'll get to that in a minute. Minecraft has also a lot of mobs or hostile NPCs, that being zombies or exploding creeper creepers, you know, creatures that explode. Skeletons, of course, but most of these guys come out at night unless they're like creepers or drowned zombies, which are just zombies that come out from the water. Now with those now with that out of the way, after that, your main goal, other than, like, some would consider the main goal to kill the Ender Dragon. A part of me also considers that. But to me, the main goal is to build. You know, just build what you want and survive. The t those are what I'd call the three main goals. Kill the Ender Dragon. Build your world to your heart's content. Survive. And then it also has a creative mode, which where you can just build whatever you want. So that's just for you to fill out your creative endeavors. Now for Fortnite, Fortnite is a game where you, it's not really a survival game, it's more of like defend the tower kind of game, you know? But not a tower necessarily, it's like a little van sometimes and you build a fort around it. You get a little time to do that as well. Sometimes this can lead to a lot of creative things Though mostly it's just you building walls and setting traps. Like, that's what you end up mostly doing. And the hostile creatures there are all zombies, but they're all very wild variety zombies. Like, you got zombies that basically yeet grenades. You got zombies that have bees in their faces. You got big boy zombies. It's a whole thing, and it, it, I think that's pretty cool. And then you have the uh, Battle Royale mode, which is just every Battle Royale you can really think of off the top of your head. There's nothing really special about it, but, you know, it's pretty cool. You know, I'm not going to stop people from, from having fun with the game. I'm not going to say it's bad either. It's actually a decently made game. It's, I feel like the hate for it has blown a bit out of proportion. <laughs> I think some of it isn't even coming from people who played, like, the game Fortnite and have just mainly don't like the cringy stuff that has come from the fan base of Fort of the Battle Royale stuff. I don't even think half the people who have the Battle Royale even have the original game, which is kind of sad the more I think about it. That doesn't really matter, though. What matters is the, the game itself is pretty good. You know, there's nothing, If you want to play it, go ahead. If you don't, I don't care. Who cares? It's a, it's a free game. You have nothing to lose. You have nothing to gain either. So move on. I don't know. Play uh, play Warframe. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. Play Warframe. But uh, anyway, now we're going to now we're going to compare the two. Oh, no, wait. I forgot to mention one other part about Fortnite, which is a survivor kind of system. It's a bit complicated when you really look at it, unless, of course, you paid attention a bit more like me a bit more like uh not like me like some other people it seems like a pretty fun system i will say you know you, other survivors give you this stuff you get i don't know i didn't really enjoy that part that's a personal thing though i'm not going to hold that against the game in any way but right on to the comparisons though between minecraft and fortnite both of these games uh don't really have much in common other than they were 
they're both incredibly popular, and also there's a gameplay mechanic around building. So really, in the end, it all comes down to personal preference. In my case, I prefer Minecraft over this game, mainly because it's a bit freer to play around than the and you know is less restricted than say either of the two games. Especially when it comes to the building thing, because Fortnite isn't an open world game where you can just build whatever you want with any material you can find or destroy. It's more of like, hey, destroy this, build a bunch of walls and stuff around this area, you're good. Or build up with walls to go and kill your enemy, Some, if you're talking about the Battle Royale segment. So there's a lot less creative freedom with the game than, say, Minecraft. Now, the building isn't really used for combat purposes, so I guess I get that. I mean, it could be if you're, like, building some neato defenses. So that's for your base at night, so, you know, that's, that's pretty neat. In the end, it is your decision as to whether or not it's better. You know, it's up to personal preferences. Again, me personally, it's Minecraft. Alright. Next topic of discussion would be why I believe Mass Effect 2 is the best is the best video game sequel and or one of the best video game sequels. In my mind it will be it will be one of the best. Well, I mean it will be the best. And that's for a lot of reasons. So, but first, let me define what a good sequel to a video game is, which is kind of a lot to what a good movie sequel is, where it builds off of what the last thing gave us, and it improves upon a lot more. Like, for instance, in Mass Effect 1, it was pretty strange how the uh, cover system really worked in it, because... It was more, it's kind of like you just go up to, you just hug a wall and then you use your, and then that's how you, you, how you go to cover. In Mass Effect 2 though, they gave you a button and I like it a lot more. It just, it just feels a lot better and a lot smoother that way. That and also the camera angle changed from slightly above, from like a little bit overhead to like a little more over the shoulder though you do get the overhead camera angle sometimes it's not direct it's not like directly overhead it's like above the shoulders and then they move the camera in combat to to the right of your shoulder so that seems a bit more comfortable for me for a third person shooter that and also it gave a lot more consequences to doing things and not doing things like, for instance, you could make the wrong choices in someone's loyalty mission, and then they still won't trust you after it. You can also just not do anything at all for a while, and that also leads to consequences. That's mainly like near the end of the game, when a lot of your crewmates get kidnapped, and then if you don't hurry, either during the mission or just mess around before actually going to the Omega Relay... They're gonna die. They're all gonna die. And that's just really sad. But, and then, of course, but other gameplay and uh, character and character missions aside, uh, now for the plot and also the characters. I think they, 
I don't think they could have uh, improved a lot on some of the characters. They definitely did in the sequel. Like they did, they improved upon fucking most of the characters. Like I liked Garrus in the first Mass Effect. I really liked him in the second one because time had passed, so you had so you got to see a lot of these characters change into something a lot better than they were. Like, uh, one character turns from this kind of soft-spoken scientist to a fucking dealer for for this shadowy criminal guy. Well, they're trying to find the shadow broker. That's his name. But, anyway, moving on. And then they turn to Garrus. He wasn't really soft-spoken. He was still a cool, pretty cool guy. They just kind of upped his coolness by having him after leaving the Alliance to then becoming a vigilante in the streets of Omega. I mean, there aren't really streets in Omega. You just kind of... They're all just kind of flying cars, so, you know. Yikes. There are just... just wait, for flying cars, would there be, like, traffic regulations? Like, how would you traffic flying cars? I've always thought of this, and I never get an answer. Maybe maybe it's in Back to the Future 2. Maybe they answer that. I don't know. I never saw Back to the Future 2. But anyway, I'm getting on a f- another f- friggin' tangent. So let, me just cha- so let me just change back to the subject of Mass Effect 2. Right now, for the story being... Right, new... No, let me get back to characters and finish up with the new guys. So with the new characters they got, they made sure not to make another... Caden and Ashley situation where they're either really boring or they're uh, just there to be hot. I don't know. I didn't like Ashley. I really didn't. That's why I saved Caden. Even then, they made Caden a bit more interesting because he didn't just up and trust the commander. Same with Ashley, if you chose her. They didn't trust the commander after he comes back to life after dying. They obviously just don't trust the guy. Which makes sense. He's not really with the Alliance anymore. So it's a bit odd, you know? Like, your commander has died. He comes back and he's working with what you perceive as a terrorist organization. I might, I would have a bit of trust issues, you know? Like, it's understandable. And it will lead to a bit of frustration in Mass Effect 3. But that doesn't matter, though. But what really... What does matter, though, is everything else that I'm talking about. No, it doesn't. I lied. <laughs> Anyway, I'm done with characters now. Let's go with Mass. Let's go with Mass Effect 2's story, which I think there's not really there's a bit of improvement that is done with it, and it does lead to a lot of new branching out choices, especially for the sequel and near the ending. If you don't remember, near the ending of Mass Effect 2, just about all your crewmates, including you, can die. I don't believe you can continue Mass Effect 3 with that. I never really looked into it. But if I did, I would definitely find some weird stuff, probably. I'm not sure if I'd find anything weird. I'd probably more just be really disappointed. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure it won't let you load it, to my knowledge. But I'll have to look into it on my own. Unless one of y'all can help me. I don't know. Shoot me a shoot me a DM and my, my Instagram. Jesus. Which I won't say until later. That'll be 
I don't say my you see I don't say my uh, Instagram thing during uh, uh, the seasonal times because it's always changing and if you're the first time watcher you know it's just kind of confusing if I'm like a couple episodes deep into this and that right tangents you get the idea but story wise I do like it a lot more it takes you the story does take you a bit to a bit more interesting places and there's a lot of stuff to do especially. Like, not even considering the side quest for a second. There's a lot you can do. And, uh... There's a lot more interesting locations you can go to. Like, go to. like the Omega Relay is... Like, I swear, that landscape can lead to, like, six different desktop moments. A desktop moment is what I like to call just... A moment a game shows you to just... Or a show or a movie shows you to just look really good... And I'm like, that's desktop worthy. Like, you put it on your, like, uh, desktop on your computer. And that, and, uh, the story itself, the writing, it's, is very good. I like, I love the interactions between Shepard and all of his crewmates and, uh, main story people. I still will never know in my entire life why he ever trusts a guy named the Elusive Man. But you know what? That doesn't matter, I guess. Fucking hell. And if you do trust him, it leads to some uh, neato conversations, I guess, in Mass Effect 3. Mass Effect 3 is a different topic for another episode, but that doesn't matter. So that doesn't matter right now. It will in another episode. But alright, closing thoughts for the rest of this episode on on Mass Effect 2. I prefer Mass, Mass Effect 2 is like top on my tier list for Mass Effect games. Oh yeah, I forgot to talk about the collectors. <laughs> See, this is what happens when I go like unscripted for a while. It's great. These, these episodes are going to be fun. But uh, the collectors themselves are very interestingly designed creatures. And also make for some very fun boss encounters. Especially near the end with the human reaper. Like, my goodness, that boss fight was so cool. But, I mean, a part of me kind of prefers the boss fight from the first game. Just a little bit. But the other part of me is like, dude, this is like a grand spectacle compared to the other one. That was like a... That was very odd in the first game. Anyway, closing thoughts... Mass Effect 3, Mass Effect 2, anyway, closing, my closing thoughts will be the Mass Effect tier list I have, and I'll explain it later. Say, so, top tier, uh, top to bottom, Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3, Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect Andromeda. And trust me, I will explain myself in the next episode, more than likely. It'll definitely be a little part of it. Anyway... I'm going to fit this segment in with another segment of me and my friends trying to set up... Trying, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. That'll be another episode. I'm still working on that. I'm trying to get everyone to fucking collaborate together. It's so hard, though, to record on the Anchor app, but I still love it, though. You know, uh, not, not sponsored yet. <laughs> anyway, I'll talk... 
anyway, I will see all of you soon in the next episode. I appreciate your company, if there is any. Goodbye.